name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, running coach, and mindset expert. I believe mindset is the most powerful and most underrated tool you have as a runner. So I've devoted my life to helping runners like you develop the mindset you need to fuel your inner fire and become the badass runner you were meant to be. This is the Running Mind Podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Patrick McGillivray, and I'm your host. And today I've got a really cool treat for you. I'm talking with my good friend, Chris Wisman. Chris is a personal trainer. He's a more of a movement and lifestyle coach. That's what he calls himself. And Chris and I can have conversations that just go who knows where, and they're awesome. We talk about mindset. We talk about uh, physiology, about physiological load. Um, in this particular show, we get into um, running form and, and posture and how important that is uh, and, and what happens to your body when you don't have good form. Uh, we talk about things like um, being hunched over all day, sitting down and, and what that's doing to us, maybe the importance of having something like a standing desk. Um, and we talk a lot about diet too and how there isn't one diet necessarily for everyone. There's not one diet that's perfect for everyone. Uh, and then it's important for you to figure out what your metabolic diet type is. Chris is a wealth of knowledge on all this stuff. And like I said, we could go in many, many direct different directions here and we could talk forever about some of this stuff. Um, we don't, we don't talk forever, <laughs> but we do uh, talk about a lot of different things. It's just really cool. Uh, I love, love, love talking to Chris. Um, and then at the very end, he gives us a couple of simple, very simple tips for endurance runners for uh, uh, to help us to be more efficient at what we do. So you have to wait till the end of the podcast for that one. But before we get into that, I wanted to quickly go over something I'm very excited about. And I just recently launched Inner Fire Tribe's group coaching program for runners. So this is a comprehensive online training program. And it's designed for you if you're a long distance runner, if you're a half marathon or marathon or ultra runner, it's, it's designed to help you bring your mind and your body into alignment so you can get the results that you want. It's designed to show you and teach you how to train your mind like you train your body so you can get those powerful results so you can reach your goals, whatever those may be. They may be running faster than you ever have before or completing a distance you have never done before. So when you become a member of the Inner Fire Tribe, you're going to get detailed training plans. So we'll have comprehensive half and full marathon training plans. Um, and then a training library that's going to continue to grow. So new training plans will be added all the time. You know, we're going to be adding a 5K, 10K, um, and you know, run your first ultra plan. That's going to be coming very soon. Uh, you'll get mindset training. So I will do weekly uh, live mindset training so you can learn how to train your mind to work for you. You know, the key... The key to success in all of life, but especially in running, is to get your mind and your body into alignment. If your mind is fighting against you every step of the way, running is going to be very challenging for you. So as a master mindset coach, my focus is helping you build the mental toughness that you need to make running easier, you know, get faster and actually have more fun doing it. You will get uh, live online coaching. So I do uh, live coaching in a private Facebook group. And uh, let's face it, running is hard, right? There's a lot that goes into becoming a successful long distance runner. And not everybody's needs are the same. So what I want to do is some one-on-one -on -one coaching with you in an environment where other people can benefit from it. You'll also get that supportive community of the Facebook group. It'll be comprised of runners just like you. So it'll be fun. It'll be supportive. It's a great place to ask questions, get help about all things running, nutrition, gear, building mental toughness, and so much more. And then everything we do uh, becomes archived into a comprehensive video library. Um, and then we'll be adding to that video library all the time. So we'll be covering topics like running form, strength training, stretching, recovery, nutrition, fueling for race day, proper nutrition, hydration, um, 
pace strategy, tapering, uh, all the things that go into running. Running seems easy enough, right? Just put on your shoes and head out the door. But when we get into the sport of running, and especially the sport of distance running, there's a lot of factors involved. And uh, you can almost not have too much training when it comes to that. So this video training library will be ever growing. Now, here's the best part about joining Inner Fire Tribe. This is not something that is going to break your wallet. Okay, you're going to get the training plans, the mindset training, the instructional video library, live online coaching, and a supportive community. You're going to get all of that. It's less than a dollar a day. I mean, you can find a dollar, you know, right now in the couch cushions probably. So when you join the Inner Fire Tribe group coaching program for runners today, it's only $26.2 per month. And here's what's cool about that. It's a subscription-based system, and the longer you stay, the more valuable it becomes for you. Because we're always going to be adding new strength routines, new exercises, new training videos, new coaching sessions, and more and more and more. Get in on this today, because it's only going to get better. And I can't guarantee that I'm going to keep things at this low price point. So it'll probably end up going up soon. So go there today. There, you, you got nothing to lose, really. Go to innerfiretribe.com slash coaching, and you can sign up today. Come and be a part of the tribe. I would love to have you there. All right, cool. So let's get into my interview with Chris Wisman. Today, I am joined with Chris Wisman. Chris is a movement and lifestyle coach and just kind of all around badass, if I can say <laughs> I appreciate that. appreciate that, of course. <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell me and tell everybody else a little bit about what you do? So at Real, um, uh, Jen and I are, and a, and a guy named Fed are owners of a company called Real Human Performance. We really focus on, uh, specifically in the gym floor, just corrective movements and making sure everybody's moving for their kind of individual approach. Uh, we also do stress management courses and uh, workshops outside of real and different corporations to the city. My, uh, my passion is becoming more and more oriented towards kind of helping people through their, like changing their lifestyle factors. That way we can like what you're focusing on, help people ease the load so their mindset can be even stronger and better than it's, it's ever been. So, we approach it from kind of a pillar standpoint and we can get into those pillars as we, uh, as we were, we record here, but, um, movement mm -hmm. and then just like lifestyle factors. And, and, uh, I help people with that. Cool. So you're different from the traditional gym or from, you know, traditional, yeah, something like CrossFit, you know, so explain a little bit about the differences and how that would relate to somebody who's, let's say an endurance runner. So it's about running is the perfect thing to compare that or to um, relate that to because um, CrossFit tends to stay in what we call the sagittal plane, which is just up and down movements, uh, a lot of barbell movements, a lot of burpees. They're not really incorporating the way that our core is originally designed to move. Our core is meant to propel us through locomotion. It is, we're meant to locomote and to run. And that's why I love this, um, this approach because with running, you oftentimes see posture starts to either deteriorate depending on how you're built or just be stronger than it's ever been because of that rotational ability that we train on the gym floor. So a lot of the things that we do on the floor are, are oriented back towards restoring our core function and our back function so we can locomote better. Uh, locomote just meaning walk and run, uh, just go through that, that plane of motion. So do a lot of rotational drills, a lot of anti-rotational drills, a lot of ground-based movements, um, stuff that's really designed to restore that, that style of movement. And, um, and just recognize that not everyone's doing, needs to do the same thing. And everybody's starting in a very unique spot. And we have to be very intelligent about how we deploy these movements to people to make sure it benefits them because what use of it is it if we're not, if we're not benefiting that person. So. I want to go back to something you just said about posture. And for me, when I think of that, when it, when it comes to running, I think of running form. For and sure. So a lot of people have what you would consider like terrible running form, mm -hmm. uh, terrible posture. So they, they may um, stand like they may be really hunched over, you know, their shoulders are up in their ears. Um, they may be rounded at the back or, you know, they may be flailing 
a lot, you know, and I see this in, in long distance runners, especially, you know, cause we spend a lot of time out there running together and you see some people you're like, how's that guy able to run a marathon like that, you know? Um, and and some people too. are, yeah. And some people are pretty, you know, they, they seem like they're pretty fast runners. Um, but my guess is that they could be a lot more efficient for sure. And, um, and probably, stay injury free like talk a little bit about the importance of so that, like that form posture and the, posture yeah exactly so that posture you talk about that anterior rolled sh- uh, um, forward posture is uh, a lot to do with being seated unfortunately we're both seated right now <laughs> yeah. i usually try to sit on like a swiss ball or something that keeps me active that that way it stimulates mm. my posture throughout the duration which is just a big exercise ball for um for lack of a better term but um Basically, when you see that forward rolled posture and that kind of head forward on neck, it's something that I still suffer from. And that's kind of why I went out on a limb and tried to learn so much about it. Uh, it's a lot of times a dysfunctional breathing pattern. Um, when we start really heavily mouth breathing and it getting exhausted, the musculature on the front side of our body and our chest will start to constrict and just pull ourselves forward, which makes us have to try to keep our head up. Our head is trying to do, our head and eyes are trying to do anything they can do to stay in that horizontal plane of motion to make sure that we're not going to fall over, right? So as our chest falls forward, our head will start to come up. And that's where you see what's called that kyphosis, which is just lack of thoracic extension, lack of keeping what, what I'll cue in the gym. is just like, hey, keep a, keep a proud chest when we're down there. Uh, that way we can restore some of that extension to the mid-back. And, and um when we're able to train ourselves to maybe not so much panic breathe throughout the day, use our nostrils you'll and, and just be very cognizant of our posture, you'll slowly start to notice that improving. Again, it's something that you can't just fix overnight. Uh, keep in mind how long it took us to develop these postures. And, and um, mm. so you have to really reinforce it every day with every, everything that you do. And that, that has effects way deeper than we know. It has effects on our nervous system. It has effects on our digestion. Um, it has effects on how our feet strike the floor. Um, it's very, it's a, it's a feedback loop from up, up and down and down and up. And it's constantly talking to itself to, to help us try to find balance. So, yeah, yeah. And that, that sort of proud chest that, you know, sitting up straight basically. Right. It's kind of a, it's kind of a trendy thing right now because there's all these gadgets that you can wear, you know, that'll like remind that. you to, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, why is this all of a sudden a thing? You know, are, are we really that bad at hunching over? And I guess we are. Yeah, it, we are. And, and that, um, it, it kind of pulls us back to, it makes us a really quad dominant runner as well. And, it, um, as we become quad dominant, we then our glutes and the hamstrings kind of start to relax or not, not do what they're supposed to do, which is the pulling part of the movement. So the, the more anterior we are, the more front of the body we are with our, our posture, the more that's going to go down the chain to our feet and our, our knees, our quads and our shins. So you could see shin splints because of this knee problems Hmm. and all of that. So it's kind of just a a cascade of effects, if you will. So really just stand up straight when you're running like proud (laughs) chest. I mean, that'll really help a lot, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. There's um, there's some really good, people in the city if you want to get down and deep in the nitty-gritty with this but i mean generally speaking we want to try to strike the ground with ease we don't want to be slamming down um we don't want to be landing too much right on the heel immediately we want to land kind of whole foot or maybe even front foot and, and again everybody's really unique in that regard um it's just about doing it like you said efficiently if it sounds and looks not efficient it probably isn't <laughs> yeah i i I don't know how people get through like 26 miles running the way they do sometimes Um, and i'm not saying i'm perfect at all but um you hold really good posture you hold really really good posture while you're moving you're you're a lot better than i am so that's great (laughs) all right cool yeah and just full disclosure i do work out with chris um, so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get him on here to talk about yeah. this is because we talk about this at the gym extensively and I'm like, dude, we just need to get a conversation to record it and share it with For people because sure. this would be awesome. So yeah. here we are. Heck yeah. Here we are. Um, so you mentioned like sitting on a Swiss ball as something you do to like stay active while you have to sit. Cause I mean, let's face it. We do have to sit sometimes yes. or there are alternatives like a standing desk. Have you seen, um, 
you know, people having actual results from that? And what, what are the results from that? Because everybody's talking about, you know, they're telling me like, Patrick, you should really have a standing desk because I sit a lot. I'm so, very big on the approach um, of individuality and in, in almost like in everything that we talk about. And um, if we have bad posture and if we're not using our, our glutes or our hamstrings or our knees, and if we have a dysfunctional breathing pattern, standing and sitting really don't make a difference. Um, if, if, you know, in, in my opinion, if we're able to stand upright correctly and be, be very long in the spine and access our proper breathing mechanisms, then yeah, it's awesome. And it'll keep us active throughout the day. If you're someone that's um, not getting enough movement in throughout the day, it gives you a chance to slide side to side and it gives you a chance to stretch and open up. But I guess um, standing desk with awareness, awesome. Without, meh. It could lead to some long-term <laughs> things, <laughs> but they're great. I mean, yeah, they're great and, for some people. Yeah. And you, you're touching on something though, that I think is important for us to all remember, which is that it's different for everyone. Yeah. You know, and everybody has their own needs and everybody has their own, um, the things that work for them. And, you know, I'm in a lot of groups and I yeah. see people post uh, questions in groups, like what's the best way to do X or what's the best shoe for X or what's the best, watch yep. to wear and it's like dude it does who knows whatever works for you you know <laughs> yeah what is the best exactly um yeah anyway um and i like your approach with that like when we do work out at the gym you're you're very much about the individual person and what their needs are it's not just about like everybody do the same thing no matter what yeah you know you take into account what what people need you know i need certain things and somebody else might need something completely different so that's cool for sure um so we're talking about building strength right yes um you're talking about becoming stronger you know what are what are some of the benefits of strength training for runners because here's here's something i've heard before um you know runners you know you don't want to bulk up because mm-hmm. you know you got to stay lean um so, you know, the, the standard thing is like, just don't lift heavy weights. Yeah, I, uh, I think there's benefits at certain times for that heavy lifting category for certain people. Um, the, the main benefit that I see with the model that we use is restoring the transverse abdominus and your inner, your inner unit. So your, your core and your back and the way that functions. I, I don't see a lot of people teaching humans how to rotate um and there's there's a ton of different ways you can you can approach this and it's really not all that complex you just have to know how to not go too far so basically you would teach someone how to resist rotation um via just like a planking platform or a box plank platform and then you would slowly start to maybe lift a hand or a foot and make sure their hips don't die from side to side but we can get activity in that deep pelvic floor then they're ready and, and I'm kind of fast forwarding a bunch, but then they're ready to use resistance on the rotation. And if we can really learn to powerfully rotate, then we're going to go through that gait cycle fast and you're going to be mm. very strong in it. Um, so that's really my focus on strength training around running. Uh, I, I mean, there's all the, the normal things such as, you know, just have more strength of your muscles, more endurance to your muscles. You're going to build, like stronger ligaments and everything around the joint. That way the joint works better and we're at less risk for injury as long as we're safe on the gym floor. Um, but my, my real focus is, is restoring that rotation because we don't do enough of it anymore. So, and what a lot of people don't realize is that running is a very, um, rotational activity. Yeah. You know, you're you're rotating. Yeah. You do use your core a lot if you're doing it right. Yeah, if you look at like these guys that are on the track for uh, like um, the Olympic athletes, you'll see them literally chin to hip. They're they're ripping their hands as they go through, and they're doing a our T spine is meant to have a ton of rotations. That's why we'll start our day off with those mobility drills, such as like the ninety ninety sweep to open up the rib cage and intercostals and get everything available to move again because it's so stiff from just being forward all day, like seated in the watching. TV or in the car, or on the cell phone, everything's just very stiff and rigid. So it's just like let's let's build some some rotation back in this game, and then people tend to do better. 
Yeah, I know that when I first started distance running, I was not focused on the core at all. And then I started doing some core work and um, started to realize how important it is, um, especially the um, out, outside. Abs. Yeah, your, your yeah. oblique slings, man. Those are obliques. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you're good um, it, that you have you have uh, anterior and posterior oblique slings that connect. And this is why we go through a gait cycle. They connect your shoulder and your hip. So it's a big cross pattern from on the front and the back of your body and that's what propels us through this so Mm. when we can if you look at a six-pack on someone this is like the most desirable thing to see is a six-pack and someone that might not be the most functional core (laughs) (laughs) yeah right that's that's our rectus abdominis that's like the top layer and that doesn't really have anything to do with the way we were built to rotate it's just kind of our protection mechanism for our organs. So it's really good in that regard. But as far as locomotion, a six pack isn't that functional. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all vanity. It's, it is vanity. <laughs> people, people picked up on it and they just want to, they want to keep it. so I get it. I get it. Good. That's well then cool I'm, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop going for the six pack then. There you go. Cause I know it's just a vanity thing, you know, <laughs> Strong oblique slings. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So let's talk a little bit more about that, um, uh, the gait pattern, you know, and that whole gait cycle. Um, Because it's fascinating to me to just kind of learn a little bit more about, you know, propulsion and how we are, um, what we're actually doing when we're running. You know, I've heard it said that running is like a, controlled fall you know you're sort mm. of falling forward you're leaning forward at the at the ankles slightly and and so that your body is just sort of controlling that fall you know um so anyway that's just one way of looking at it first talk through sure. that a little bit so um there's a really awesome woman that I, that I studied through named Katie Bowman, and she's got a couple of books, one of which is Movement That Matters, and there's another one called uh, Move Your DNA. Um, she talks about that. Uh, you can see people that lose their, their core um, propulsion and while they're walking, and it's like they are falling, and they're just catching themselves every step, and that's pretty abrasive to the joint. So if you can take that, that controlled fall and make it f- more fluid, and, and uh, I've heard it explained to me like you're spinning the globe, if you can make it be very easy, that will help that controlled fall and that will propel you forward. Ultimately, you really want to see at the end of that fall, at the push off your foot, you want to see full extension. And we practice that a lot when we're doing our, um, our drills from, from deadlift to overheads or whatever they might be, is extending through the hips and pushing and plantar flexing off the ground and really learning to get as long as you can. Uh, the more we learn to extend, the more using that your posterior chain, your backside, of your body, your hamstrings, your glutes, and you're really able to fire then. And that will help that fall that you're talking about just be powerful. So extension in regards to power will help you a ton. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of drills that you can do around that. Those extension based drills. So for power extension, 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 up, up. <laughs> I love those drills, man. They're my, they're my favorites. Yeah. I don't love them. <laughs> no, they're good. It's good. I know I complain about the workouts, Chris, but it, I know no, you really stronger. don't, man. <laughs> I, I noticed when you came in, um, when, when you were, um, really interested in starting this and have you started it, you had a different energy about you entirely. You literally were, you're glowing. It's a, you're a different Patrick than the one that I met. Not hmm. that you weren't a great human before. Um, it's just like, did you meet, did you see Patrick? He's, dude, he's radiating. Like he's fired up. I really, really like, like what you're, what you're doing and everything. So that's why I was stoked that, um, the, the mind approach is what you're choosing because it's so important. Well, that's a good segue. Let's kind of talk about that. So, you know, I'm, I'm into this, I'm operating from this place of like mindset is everything. Okay. Yeah. Like everything that you want in your life was, you know, first created as a thought and, and that our thoughts create the, the things we feel, the emotions that we have. And it's those emotions that create uh, our behavior, our actions. Okay. So when you say, or inaction, you know, so when you say like, 
why did you do that? Oh, I felt like it, or I didn't feel like it. You're talking about a, an emotion. Well, yes. why didn't you feel like it? What What's the thought that was telling you that you didn't want to work out today or you didn't want to go for that run? It might be some belief that you have about yourself that, you know, you're not a good runner or something like that. Anyway, so our, our thinking creates our emotions. Our emotions determine what we do, our behavior. And then our actions, our behavior gets us our results, okay? okay. You want better results in your life, change your thinking. You know, Straight so that's up. where I'm kind of, yeah, that's where I'm operating well, from here. Well, you're even, it, it is literally that <laughs> because the, with your thoughts, you're changing your, your hormones and that, and that is what propels our emotions. So hormones control emotions, emotions control what we do, and then reinforcing them by the, the doing the embodying that thought. And it's, it, it literally, it's the most powerful thing that you can, you can change. And, um, it's, it's incredible. It, it really blows me away because it, it is the higher, it is, has the, the top notch in the hierarchy scale on what we want to uh, address when it comes to lifestyle coaching. If you're constantly in a, a, an automatic negative self thinking, then you're going to just repeat your cycle over and over and over again. And it's not like I'm perfect. I, I still struggle with it in multiple categories. And the best thing that you can do when you're, when you're in those thoughts is just stop the thinking and interrupt it with something that you really think is positive or you want to, uh, uh, it's an affirmation essentially. But with that affirmation, I've found it really important. And Elliot Hulse has um, kind of reinforced this to interrupt it with something you've experienced very positive in your life. Something that like I used to ride BMX and dirt bikes a ton and I can just visualize myself flying into the woods. So that is just like my utmost flow state. So if I can reinforce my affirmation with a feeling, feeling that I got while I was riding dirt bikes or as close as I can get, then you're more likely to achieve that positive thought or what it is that you want to do. And you're interrupting that negative thought right now and with some success. Yeah. And people really think that this is more complicated than that, you know, and, and yeah. like, and it really isn't. So, <laughs> you know, being happy or being like confident, you know, those are just states. They're states of mind, you know? And if you want to be happy, go back to a time when you were super happy. Like go float back into your body in that time. Close your eyes, float back in your, into that time. See what you saw, hear what you heard, and feel those feelings of happiness. Once again, I guarantee you, if you take 30 seconds to do that, you'll have a big smile on your face. For sure, man. You know? But what happens is we choose different thoughts. We choose thoughts of stress and anxiety and fear and uh, hurt and sadness and guilt and shame. Like we, we choose these things. I think the and we don't know we're choosing that, them. Yeah, I think the statistic on that is like, like 90% of the population today is 90% of the thoughts are negative. It, yeah. It, yeah, and we have something like 60,000 thoughts a day, okay? Yeah. So think about that. Like, okay, what's 90% of that? I don't know, 55,000 of your thoughts are negative? What are we doing to ourselves? You know, and then we wonder why everybody's on uh, Lexapro or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. With those thoughts, you're you're not only reinforcing a negative mindset, you're fueling a, an overall dis-ease I like the disease word broken down like that because it, it, it is just mm. that it's a dis-ease and with just i remember uh at an old company i worked at the stress that it gave me um and we don't have to get into the details of it but i had a chronic ulcer and i had just really really bad stomach pains really bad digestion and the day that that place stopped my stomach problems stopped right along with it so these wow. can manifest as anything like uh, yeah. headaches, stomach aches, actual joint pain. Um, if you have a vulnerable spot in your body and you're reinfor reinforcing a negative thought, that vulnerable spot, like I will know if I'm um, experiencing something out of the norm or negative via my diet or my mindset, if my knee starts throbbing, like just like, Hey, here's a, here's a sign for you. Something's a little off, you know, pay attention because I've beat my knee up so many times. It's very vulnerable uh, to inflammation and, we're creating inflammation with, with the reinforcing negative thoughts and, and bad lifestyle factors. 
It's crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, your thoughts create these, um, this release of like hormones and chemicals, right? Like yes. serotonin. Um, I can't remember the other ones. It's um, complex, but you're right on. I, I can't really remember them either. But. Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and, and they can have an effect on you. So you can think yourself into, you know, a panic attack. Basically you can think yourself into that fight or flight kind of, right. For Where sure. you're like so, so anxious and so fearful um, that you, that people actually have a panic attacks, have to go to the hospital just because of thinking, you know, isn't that wild? Like, wouldn't it be in our best interest to think something more positive instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, um, you're right on. And, and with that, that psyche is like the hierarchy of, of everything that we do, like I said, and that if we're, like also reinforcing that you also you'll see people that have that that panic attack kind of mindset also are those same kind of people that maybe are casting blame or holding th- um, like forms of resentment towards other people and that really reinforces that anxiety um yeah it, it is crazy man um yeah and um Bruce Lipton talks about this in his book, The Biology of Belief. I don't know if you've read that one yet. I actually haven't, but you've told me about it. I will. Yeah. So, you know, he basically just talks about this relationship between the mind and the body and that we think ourselves into um, health or we think ourselves into disease. And, you know, he goes on to talk about how most disease and especially chronic pain, any any pain that lasts more than like 90 days or something like that is is all based on our our thoughts, our beliefs and uh, that you can change that and change the physiological makeup, you know, the chemical cocktail that you got floating around in your body and cure yourself. Yes. Yeah. Without a doubt. And (laughs) with that comes like. The other things in life, and this is where I, I'd love to kind of dive into the other things that make our mindset vulnerable are like just, just our, our things in our modern day world, whether it be sleep or eating out of your diet type or moving too much or too little or not, or, or having too many stimulants, you know, and breath is a huge one. We talked about that a little bit. Um, the environment that you place yourself in, the actual environment with the people you surround yourself with and the environment via like the the things we put on our skin, the things that we breathe, the things that we put into our mouth, the things that, um, like, yeah, just the actual like the physical environment that you put yourself put yourself in. It's they all play a role in our load. Or we, we, you and I have talked about before our physiological load to potentially compromise our mindset. So if we can reduce the that load through any of the number of like pillars that we work on then our mindset has a better chance of like, Hey, let's take, you know, maybe we can have 80 or 80% of our thoughts be negative instead of 90 and then slowly work your way into just being a person that really believes what you say and, and what you say is a positive thing to yourself. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in Bruce Lipton's work. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. It's pretty wild stuff. Um, <laughs> very, it's, it's just really fascinating. Like I can go, I've read a bunch of books like this and I can just get really deep into that rabbit hole of like the mind body connection it's fascinating you are your mind is your body man yeah it really is i mean it's like it's like the central processing unit you know it's the cpu of your body you know it's controlling everything um so you mentioned something in passing just now i want to go back to that a little bit you said something about diet type yeah you mean by that so um everyone has genetic makeup and um we all have what, what's called a metabolic diatype or something also referred to as bio, biochemical individuality. So our gut is predisposed to absorb some things better than others. And when we have, we're eating out of our diatype and, and really now we have so many availabilities to eat healthy foods. It's more about not eating like the processed garbage and trying to eat foods that you know where they came from. You know, they're clean. They're not doused with herbicides and pesticides. And then that will help us and help our, our gut not be inflamed. And if you can even take it a step further and do some diet and questionnaires and you get really in the nitty gritty with what kind of vitamins and minerals that you might be in excess of or 
are not in excess of, you can really dial in your nutrition and be right on the money with backing up your genetics. So like people from like extreme Northern climates would have like, it, it's a shame that keto has gotten such a, a, a a bad rap, but also a good rap because there are some benefits to it. Maybe if you're an Eskimo, <laughs> I, I, had the, I had the mistake of like, of getting wrapped up in the rabbit hole of being keto. And I, I really messed up my gut and I don't want to deter people from trying that because there are some definite benefits of having fats in your diet, but they have to be the right fats. And you have to know who you are individually, if you're going to get benefits from that. And so hmm. it's really more about just taking a step back and talking to yourself after you have the food. And just see how you feel. Like, I'm I'm the weird person in the grocery store going, "Hey, Chris, do you want do you want that?" And like, you get an answer right away. <laughs> you do, you do. I swear, you do. If you just if you stop for a second and ask, you get an answer right away. Like, there's sometimes that uh, this company Jackson's Honest has these really have these really good corn um, um, like chips that are just it's literally sea salt. Uh, blue corn and coconut oil, and sometimes my body's like yes, and other times it's like nope. And it's just you just talk to yourself, and 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 your innate wisdom knows um, what you what you need. My body always says yes when I'm standing in front of the um, ice cream uh, display. <laughs> like, damn it, Patrick, Patrick, do you need this? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it I, feels so good, Chris. <laughs> I got I got really caught it, and again, I got when I started learning all this stuff, I got really caught in rabbit hole, of just thinking all that was bad, and and like to kind of back up the mindset, like if that eases your mind and that is something that is a treat to you mm. and you really enjoy it. If it, if the, if the juice is worth the squeeze mentally and you don't feel terrible, like maybe not make it a habit, but enjoy that, like enjoy the graders. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it, enjoy it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Um, and cause that will really throw you down a spiral. And, and I've seen a lot of people, including myself, um, not get the benefits from that. Yeah. It gets a little, <laughs> it gets a little tricky. Um, so I kind of live, and this is kind of a popular saying, but I kind of do live by the 80, 20, um, and just, mm. and taking a step back and, and, and asking myself if that's, that's what I wanted or that's what I needed. Um, and my, I'm actually more of a carbo type if I were to do my metabolic diet typing. Um, so I do really well on, on like good carbohydrates. So I, I'll have um, like Ezekiel bread, which is a great source of like sprouted, soaked mm. um, seeds and grains. And and four a couple of years ago, you wouldn't catch me eating that because I thought that was bad and, and it caused inflammation and all gluten. Of that. So it's like, it's got <laughs> gluten in it. It's got gluten in it. And and to, to gluten's defense, everyone that has been tested, like they get a couple controlled studies and everyone that had gluten showed gut permeability, which is like inflammation. So there is some truth to it, but that was American gluten. Keep that in mind. We could go down a really yeah. deep rabbit hole here. And I don't know. If to, there's American gluten and um, basically American gluten's got a bad rap. Well, it's actually, it doesn't have a bad rap. It's bad because it's been sprayed with so much chemicals yeah. and actually mutated what it is. So if you find an mm -hmm. organic source of gluten, you might not, unless you're celiac, you might not get that, that effect. So yeah. Einkorn apparently is a good ancient grain that's uh, low in gluten. Yeah. Yeah, man. So metabolic typing, this is very interesting. I'm interested in like doing this, you know, like how would yeah. I, how would I go about doing this? So there's an actual book called metabolic diet typing. Um, okay. and the, the company that I do my training for the Czech Institute has their own version of it. I like, uh, and so if you're ever interested in the questionnaire, I'm more than happy to pass it to you. I like, um, some things from the Czech Institute and I like a lot of things from the diet, the diet typing from the book is very in depth. So if you want to go down the rabbit hole, I'd go that route. Uh, if you, if you don't, I would just, um, just ask yourself some questions, you know, and just be really honest with yourself about what's benefiting you and what's not. So, okay. So I did a quick search here on Amazon, like the metabolic typing diet. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Uh, the metabolic, yeah. That's it. Walcott and Trish Fahey. You got it. It's been around for that's a while. Um, and you know, there's, again, there's, a lot of questions when you when you start to identify your diet type but it's it's really intuitive and it'll help you and, and keep in mind our diet type will change seasonally because our ancestors had different foods available at different times through the year we have the luxury now mm -hmm. to just eat food from anywhere at any time and just go to whole foods and grab whatever so yeah <laughs> if, if you got down into the nitty-nitty gritty of your diet type you may change your food according to like 
when it's wintertime or when it's spring or summertime, you know, you might eat a little hotter and heavier in the winter and more dense foods. And in the summer, cooler, uh, lighter foods. And it just, um, we, we crave those things and we crave the soups, you know, in the winter and then the salads in the summer. So, and yeah. the pumpkin spice chai latte in the <laughs> fall, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a, that was, I think that was programmed later. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seems like it's pretty been around forever. Uh, oh, yeah, you're, you're no, that's right. cool. What, what I love hearing you say is that like diet depends on you. And I love this idea of just like figuring out what works for you because so many people in the fitness community have uh, kind of a one size fits all, you know, everything's a, a nail and they've got the hammer, you know, um, approach for diet. You know, it's got to yeah. be keto or it's got to be, you know, paleo or it's got to be, you know, plant-based or it's got to be, you know, whatever or no carbs or whatever yeah. it is. And I'm like, you know, it's not that simple. You know, There's, we're not a one size fits all people, you know. Well, and when you, um, when you start to make your, your transition into caring about what you, how you treat yourself physically and mentally, you're going to get some things that you identify with. You know what I mean? Like that helped me. Like, so starting to clean up my diet and getting rid of X, Y, and Z, eating more of a paleo heavy fat approach was something that helped me. And I identified with it. And that was a part of the growing process. So I can really relate to where people are there but it would be really sweet to start seeing people take a step back and just understand how different we all are. It is mm. extraordinary how different uh, human beings we are. Our gut microbiomes are totally different. The way we move is different. The way we sleep, the way we act throughout our day and our requirements are all different. There, there might be some people that are just naturally deficient in vitamin A and others that aren't at all. So, you know, like, finding that kind of stuff out takes a little bit of work, but it's, it's well worth it. And just acknowledging the, the differences is, I think is really important And it. And it kind of sets the ego aside for a minute and, um, and, and allows you to relate to people and understand where they're coming from. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, I went, uh, I, I was standard American diet for a long time and mm -hmm. that led me down a path of, of a lot of disease, you know, um, me as well. I changed my, yeah, and I changed my diet, and I and I went from like, you know, pescatarian to vegetarian to plant based, and now I'm I'm not as hardcore about plant based. I'm still vegetarian. I don't crave eating, you know, meat at all, and I don't have anything against people that do. And I'm not saying one way is right or the other, but it just for me, I don't have that desire. Then you probably um, every don't now and need then, it. <laughs> yeah, and every now you know and then I, mean? I do like yeah, and I do like to have like a little cheese on my pizza sometimes you know or of course whatever you know whatever and and i don't beat myself up about it like i have to do it this way or that way so i when people ask me i say that i'm like 98 percent plant-based you know and mm -hmm. that two percent is like some graters every now and then you know and uh, yeah, a little cheese on my pizza and and i enjoy that it's fine and that way when i go to a party and they're like have a cookie i'm not like sorry you know does that have butter in it i'm like sure that looks great <laughs> yeah my my family just uh, oh man it's been a they're really accepting of it but I, I can see the frustration on their face when i choose i'm like so every year that goes by i experiment with a little more and a little more and and i uh I'm like, okay, I'll try this this year. They're like, what? You're gonna, you're gonna eat? <laughs> I'm like, it's not that I don't think your food is good. It, 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 uh, it's delicious. It's just like, since I've cleaned up so much, when I do introduce something out of out of the ordinary for me, I get, I just get like ramifications. And uh, sometimes it's, not, it's like I'm having a hangover. It's like not worth it. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Just to kind of recap, like, I, I love this approach of, like, um, do what feels good for you. Yeah. Ask yourself, do I want this? You know, and I think that can apply, you know, to a lot of things. You know, we could do that in our training. We can do that. You know, am I, is this hurting my body? Is, yeah. is this form hurting my body? Is this long run? Is this good for me right now? And it's mm -hmm. probably good for us to, you know, ask those questions uh, of ourselves on a regular basis, you know, and just, just kind of check in with our mind, you know, what, what do you, what does my body need here? 
um, because your mind is so powerful and it really does know your your uh, subconscious mind actually has a blueprint of your of your body at perfect health at homeostasis yeah so it knows what that looks like for you yes and if you can just tap into that if you can just sort of like let it be you're going to be much healthier you know for sure um your 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 subconscious mind is always trying to get you there and we fight it we fight it every day we have and and a lot of that has to do with us wanting just wanting to feel good we just want to feel good i want to eat that Mm -hmm. bag of you know potato chips because that salt and the fat is just gonna make me thin the sugar from the you know it's just gonna feel so good (laughs) they have actual scientists that that are behind like like flavor profiling now so they don't i don't even think they do nearly as many taste tests as i used to they know it's gonna taste good it's gonna uh, it's gonna trigger our brain and we're gonna want more of it and it's it's salt fat sugar yeah Yeah. (laughs) boom 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 and you you have the brain addicted the holy trinity right there (laughs) yeah we can talk about something with um so you mentioned the standard American diet and what the standard American diet for you and I did was create disease. It may not have shown its face shown its face. It's like an actual, like a modern day disease yet, but a lot of, we probably had a lot of different things going on with us, whether it be mood dysregulation or aches and pains or maybe weight gain or whatever it might've been. But when our gut gets that much stress, it starts to become permeable. And you've heard everyone talk about leaky gut and we don't, that's kind of a really common topic to talk about. But the thing that I really love to d- dive into is um, something called visceral somatic inhibition. And those are just a bunch of fancy words for saying when our gut is inflamed, then it's taking over the, the nervous system response, the blood flow and the hydration from the surrounding musculature. The musculature is connected on those, on those different, uh, on those nervous system pathways to protect itself. So when our organs are in bad shape from something like the standard American diet or from maybe negative self-talk, then our core, our transverse abdominis, and all these things don't really have the opportunity to run at maximum capacity. Uh, when when all the, the nutrients are taken away from the musculature and put in towards the organs, our liver and our, and our gut and our small and large intestines, then we're losing the availability to even use our core properly. And then we go down that rabbit hole of like, this is potentially where low back injuries come from. You know, our, our inner units shut off. It it can't even work right. So it's just all these stabilizing muscles up our spine are responsible to take all the load of the spine and support us. And I'm sure they get mad, you know, and they want to shut down as well and take a break. So it's very interesting to see what all these stressors can do on our body. And one of them is shut our core off. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And so, like you said, though, the the most powerful thing is the mind. If we continue that positive mindset, you can, you can heal your gut through that. Just know that. Uh, Fascinating. So give me, give me a, a one tip that we can take away as long distance runners. So if I'm running a half marathon or a marathon or an ultra marathon, you know, what's something we can do? What would you just recommend if you were if you just met somebody at a party and you were like, hey, do this one thing, it'll help you a lot. Sleep and breathe. Hmm. Sleep and breathe. Um, the more we can down that those are going to be really important as far as our, 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 our availability to perform the next day, no matter what, like your lifestyle prior to the a couple of weeks before the race is going to be what it is. But if we can get a good sleeping pattern set set and balance our circadian rhythm, um, like you mentioned, we can come back in homeostasis relatively easy. And if we can start reincorporating diaphragmatic breathing, which would um, just be breathing down the deepest layers of our lungs and quit the panic breathing up into our chest, if we can breathe low and not high, then I think you would really set yourself up for um, some good endurance. Yeah. How long does it take to uh for that sleeping pattern to kind of have an effect like to right away yeah i mean i mean think about it the next day after you sleep eight hours you feel infinitely better than if you slept five especially and again everyone's really different some people can get away with less but um, i wear an aura ring and i know when my rem sleep is off i know when my heart rate variability is off and when my heart rate is elevated and it's and really i don't even need it Cause I can just tell it's funny cause I knew I just needed some reassurance and, um, the sleep affects so much. 
it, it's so important. Just cool, dark room. Um, try to get rid of the blue light before you go to bed and just get a good night's sleep. And, and, uh, that's, that helps me more than, more than most things. And that diaphragmatic breathing, that's kind of like what you would call like belly breathing. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you can get really complex with it, but if you just train yourself, maybe lying on the ground and expanding 360 degrees around your stomach, your back and your hips, and then coming back in, if you can expand 360 degrees, you've efficiently learned to essentially diaphragmatically breathe. And, um, my partner, Jen is a expert with breath. If you ever want to talk with her. So she can, oh, yeah. she can niche out on that. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be getting her on here for sure. Cool. Um, and is that something we can do while we're running to that diaphragmatic breathing? Is that? Yeah. I, um, it definitely will help. It will definitely help. Um, and as long as you can handle, uh, maybe trying to train yourself to nasal breathe. I I've, I've read that that really helps our endurance. I don't know. I don't want to speak out of context because I don't know the science behind that. I think, I think Jim would be able to speak to that better, but it, it, no matter what, I know that the diaphragmatically, diaphragmatically breathing will help you um, whether or not you transition from nasal to mouth while you're running is something that mm -hmm. I'm not as familiar with yet. I've done the, the nasal breathing while running. In fact, Jen and I, um, she gave me some tips when I was training for my hundred Oh, cool. And so she, yeah. So she helped me with that and it worked for me for slower uh, paces, yes. you know, mm -hmm. because you get to a point where you just, uh, I couldn't get enough air. I kind of just oxygenate the, the cells. Yeah. You have to oxygenate. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like mouth and nose and ears, anything I could just open up to get as much air in. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but the, 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 there's, there's a lot to be said about that um, nasal breathing um so we'll get into that later but that's cool that's cool stuff heck yeah man all right um thanks chris for hanging out with me i know i didn't really know where this conversation was going to go and it kind of went in a bunch of different directions and that's awesome i love yeah. it i just love having these conversations with you um where can people reach out to learn more about you or to learn more about real human performance uh, real human performance on Instagram spelled out just like it sounds. And, um, that's where Jen and myself are. And, uh, there's a, a couple of our coworkers that are awesome coaches there. And, um, my personal Instagram is Wisman's world. Um, but I do all my business at real. So you can check both of them out. I do my weird stuff on my personal page. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do like ice plunges and, and cold showers and, and, and just act like a wild man and get out in nature. And then uh, I keep it more professional at real. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to keep it that professional. <laughs> Good. You're not that wild. It's not that wild, honestly. Good. Good. Um, okay, cool. So thanks again. Um, this has yeah. been awesome. Um, looking forward to having another conversation like this with you sometime yeah, soon. Man. I really appreciate the opportunity to get my to vomit my thoughts everywhere. <laughs> hey, we, we love being the recipient of your vomit, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's weird. What a way to end. <laughs> Did you know that most runners fail to reach their goals? It's not because of lack of training or lack of desire. Whether it's running faster or running farther, I believe most runners just haven't developed the mental toughness they need to get them across the finish line. That's why I created a step-by-step -step training called How to Build Mental Toughness and Become a Badass Runner. I want to show you how to train your mind so you can tough it out when the going gets tough. And the best part? This comprehensive training is yours absolutely free. To get it right now, just go to innerfiretribe.com slash badass and get started today.